Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kosh Cast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex and Roy Allende is with me. Roy, how are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm back in the cold after traveling to Kenya, but all mm. things considered, I'm doing okay. I'm gonna. T- I'm not doing great. I'm doing okay, but <laughs> glad to be glad to be with you to chat a little bit. Of, like uh, like football. many football teams, you're in transition. I'm in transition, hundred <laughs> percent. Fair I'm enough. All good. Yeah. Fair enough. Good. Good to see you. Um, did you? Were you able to? Wa- where are you able to watch more football in Kenya or in Canada? Because like I know at least for mm. me. I've been able to watch way more football in Canada than I ever was able to in the UK because of broadcasting. Yeah, nonsense. broadcasting stuff. Well, I think in Kenya, pretty lucky that Supersport, which is sort of like, you know, DSTV covers all of Africa, they have rights to nearly everything. So like World Cup, La Liga, um, you know, Premier League, FA Cup, all that stuff they cover. So I think I... I think I watch more in Kenya, but the strange thing is I have a preference for actually watching live football with all my cousins and friends and all that in Kenya. The thing I dislike is having to watch it late. There's something about mm. waking up on a Saturday morning and watching the football in Canada that, or even, I don't know, this the mid the midweek Champions League games that I wrapped up sort of early evening instead of i'm starting a game at 11 p.m <laughs> in nairobi yeah. so prefer the experience in kenya but the timing in canada but i can watch much more in kenya that's that's fair that's fair it's interesting that you like well i suppose it makes sense i i used to like watching we talked about this recently because um bernie and, and roche went to watch the league cup final at a pub and Bernie yeah. came back just being like, I forgot how terrible it is watching with other people. <laughs> I actually I listened to that, yeah. That's true. <laughs> and that's, that's very much how I feel, but that may just be color- colored by uh, experiences years ago at the Toronto Arsenal pub, <laughs> which is just terrible. But I got to say, the experience of watching a game in a pub in winter in Canada compared to the spot I go in Nairobi called Village Market, and it's this outdoor area with like a million televisions. It's nice and warm, even in the evening. And you just have like hundreds of people having a good time, not doing the dumb, like throwing their beers in the air <laughs> once a goal. I will never understand that. I but know. It, it's definitely one of those that is it's quite enjoyable given the outside vibe and mm-hmm. happy people. Um, but I, I get it. Like sometimes you're, you're squashed in the pub and you're like, Please get off me! Like you are, you are way too close. This is not cool. Yeah, and your opinions are too frequent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, but uh, no, that sounds that sounds amazing. Village market, you said. Village market, yeah, oh, in Nairobi. Top tip, great place. Top tip. Um. All right, we've had so today someone very important, I think, to both of us has left the game. Um, and someone certainly important to me um, has has rejoined the game. So we've got going out, Emmanuel Adebayo. <laughs> what a legend! What a legend! Oh. Have you seen the video he released to kind of announce his retirement? I did. I was, at first, I was like, "What? What is happening? Is is he starting a business? 
is yeah. he I, I couldn't understand it yeah <laughs> and i was like oh snap like he's <laughs> this is him saying goodbye so i was perplexed at the beginning um but strangely even though he's screwed arsenal uh eh, i wouldn't say many a time a few times yeah uh, there was a bit of like oh i actually remember the good old days with adebayo that like 06, 07, 08 period where he was such a beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I, I did. I was mildly confused at the beginning of this whole, yeah, this whole video I, deal. Yeah, I, I want to know who like scripted and directed this because it is just like if you haven't seen it, please go and find it. I'm sure it's on Twitter or YouTube or whatever. But like, it's him at a desk in an office, and <laughs> it does look like he's starting a business. Well, first yeah. he freshens the air with some sort of <laughs> air freshener. <laughs> and, then, and then he's just like clicking around on a computer. And then he seems to write, what does he write? Like, I've been blessed or something on a piece yeah. of paper. <laughs> and it's oh all God. just, the implication is like, now I'm going to spend more time on the computer because I'm not yeah. playing football. Yeah, I'm like opening up an agency. Uh, yeah. If you need representation, come and see me because I'll hook you up. I'm like, no, no, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. No, not the first person I would turn to, I have to say. <laughs> um, but but you're right. Like He, he was actually, for, for, for a very weird character, he was for a while one of the best strikers in the world. Oh. And, and what, was, what was most remarkable about that was, I'm sure some people will remember, when Arsenal first signed him, which was about 2005, mm-hmm. six-ish. Yeah, I think it was six, yeah he was a total donkey. Like, he couldn't... Yeah. He, he, he genuinely wasn't much better than Yaya Sonogo. He, I was just going to um, say, speaking of people who've just shown up, Yaya yeah. Sonogo was at the Arsenal game this weekend. It was very much a case of, well, if, if he can do this with Adebayor, <laughs> Sonogo's right. going to be great. Because the first, the version 1.0 of Emmanuel Adebayor was like, eh, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, it was like, I mean, Wenger did that once in a while. He would just take a punt on some kid. And mm-hmm. like, sometimes they'd turn out world class and sometimes they genuinely couldn't kick a football. And it was like, it was always a bit fun waiting to work out which one it would be. But he, he looked horrendous. And then all of it, I've never seen a progression that quick was, yeah. was where I was getting like, clicked. it just cool. happened overnight almost. And the, the, like the, the skills he somehow pulled out of nowhere the physicality and domination that he could have over defenders was just was just wild. Um, and he's one of those guys, almost not quite like Anelka, but one of those individuals who you think, if this person actually lived up to sort of their their potential and their skill set for for like a period of seven or eight years, we'd be looking at them like Suarez, like, yeah. like we'd be genuinely saying, you know maybe best of the generation but um i mean hey he he took his own path he 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 definitely provided us with a bunch of laughs um oh, and yeah. a bunch of frustration but that's 100% that's what it is man yeah and and honestly he, even his own path it wasn't bad i mean played for arsenal yeah. monaco spurs real madrid for a bit yeah um, where else did he i mean he, he he got cristiano ronaldo to dance with him a bunch of times which i think that's that's legend worthy because <laughs> <laughs> not many have. True, actually, 
I don't think Cristiano would do it now. I think he's probably <laughs> embarrassed by those those clips. But... Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is wouldn't do a lot right now. He's just earning a paycheck. That's very true. Actually, speaking of clips, I mean the latest clips of him trying attempting to play football and his teammates attempting to play football are <laughs> very very funny too. Um, oh. Roy Hodgson coming back into oh. the game at a uh, a cool seventy five years old. The first, when I saw like when I saw the report, okay, they Crystal Palace decide after a crazy run of games that Patrick Vieira had to go through. Before we go into our winnable games, let's get rid of you and destabilize everything. And who are we gonna bring in? Like of all the people to bring back off their couch, <laughs> please let this guy retire. Pl- Someone let this man retire because I'm pretty sure at age 88, Watford are going to come knocking on his door uh, and be like, hey, man, could you just save us from relegation once more, please? Could you help us out? Eight or nine games, you know. Like, what what do you think was the thought process behind of of all the managers in the world? Let's just go for this. I mean, I I sort of I can imagine it, but to execute it, to actually make that decision, I can't I can't imagine it. I can't. yeah, I mean, this was one of those things where, like, we were talking about it. We we were kind of saying, "Oh, they sacked Vieira. Who are they going to get?" And like Bernie jokingly said Hodgson, and then about an hour later, <laughs> Fabrizio was like, "Hodgson's the guy." And you're like, "Bloody hell, they've actually done it." Um, I th- I guess the thing is that this is a very awkward time of the season, right? There's only mm-hmm. there's only what twelve games, 10, yeah, 12 yeah games? like 11, 11, 12, something like that. You need someone that's going to keep you up, so you can't really go for like like. They, apparently, they're quite interested in like Fonseca or something from okay, Lille. and that's fine. Um, but hard to get him out right now, and also putting someone like that in who actually wants to play football, mm. you do risk relegation. Too you big do, it's, yeah, yeah. Too so, big a switch, right? And so then, who who are the relegation specialists left at this point? Daesh is out of the picture, so you're really looking at at Roy or like yeah. Big Sam. I mean, is, is Lampard a relegation specialist now? Is that what he's? You know, you know, like that's the thing with Lamps is, as much as people make fun of his managerial stints, uh, he kept Everton up. Like maybe he's not <laughs> he's not a specialist, but he's he's done it once, right? Yeah. And I just wonder about the vibe in that. Like Crystal Palace have, have been building this really interesting South London young black player vibe, uh, you know, expressive, sort of trying to build a new identity. And all of a sudden, boom, like not even a run of games where you're in the relegation zone, although I know they're not far from the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. But nor is but, anyone in the bottom half. No, of the no, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. 100%. Like, Chelsea are not that far either. So, um, so to, just, 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 just talk about that just for a second. <laughs> just, just drop that in there. But to to change, I understand wanting someone who could bring stability, but to change whew, that dramatically, uh, I feel like it's, it's, it's even lazier than getting a big Sam. You know, it's lazier than getting, you know, a Lamps. Like, who, I mean... I'd even go back old school, like bring Alan Kerbishley or someone, like just not someone Alan who is. 
<laughs> I mean, he's probably still younger than Roy, but... Oh, he has to be younger than... Hodgson is almost 80, this guy. Like, yeah, how is it possible? He can still play a ball, though. He can still play a ball. From, his, from training. He still yeah. plays a ball. But, yeah, I, I don't... I, I get it, but I still think there's a level of laziness that, oh, man, if they go down, that's just going to be rough. It's going to be very rough, especially because, I mean, not this... Was it this summer? No, I think it was last summer where they bought all of the the new players because mm-hmm. they had half a squad that left. Yeah, and so they, they've they've for Palace they've invested quite a lot recently. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it will be rough. I I, I guess the consistent thing is going to be that under Vieira they really didn't score very many goals at least this season, this and under Roy they still won't. So the, no, no real. <laughs> A real change there, but give like, us zero zero draws until the end of the season. That's that's all one nil nil. That would do it though. That's the thing. <laughs> but I think I think but that just... is genuinely the plan. Just like play four four two, hope that Zaha can can drag you through, and then appoint a real manager at that point. Like that has to be the plan. Yeah, like they have they have a solid squad. Like they, I think Anderson's Anderson's out, but Gatel around. I mean, they have decent fullbacks. Yeah, Ducure. Ducure. They have yeah. Sambi, Sambi in there. Like that's a solid. That's a solid team. It's not um, bad. It certainly. It certainly shouldn't be getting relegated. No, like no way. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe he works another miracle in 2023-2024, Crystal Palace. Under Roy Hodgson again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I well. would like to hear from Roy's wife and kids. <laughs> from his great grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I promise. I promise. It's the last one. I promise. <laughs> Just... What do you think that conversation is like? Like, she, he, he tells her, like, oh, listen, I've, I've, I've got a call from Palace, and she's, she's like, this must be April 1st, right? It must be yeah. April Fool's. <laughs> Good one. We had we had a chat about this ages ago when you left the last one. Yeah. Great, you got me. And the shock on her face—that's a picture that I would pay to see. I think we need this documentary at home with the Hodgsons. <laughs> that's that's, with that's the, Hodgsons. the one I want. <laughs> so, if anyone from Amazon is listening, so they have okay. They play. I just looking up their schedule. They play Leicester, Leeds, Southampton. Everton, Wolves, West Ham, Tottenham, Bournemouth, Fulham, Forest. They must have the easiest run-in of any team in the league. That's really not bad. I mean, there, what I would say about those games is there isn't one where you would point to it and go, they'll definitely win that. But they have yeah. a chance in all of them. They have a chance in every, especially Spurs. They have a chance <laughs> against every single one of these teams. Um, so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They do need... They do need to find a way to score some goals, though. That's that's yeah. been a problem. Yeah, um, I thought I really thought that Odson Edouard was going to be better oh. at football <clears throat> yeah. than he than it turns out that he is. And it turns out like Mateta is probably their best striker, and that's a bit of a problem. Um, <laughs> that is a serious. That is a Brighton like twenty eighteen <laughs> to twenty twenty two type problem. Like, yep. That is a serious issue. You cannot have Mateta anywhere close to one never never leading your line, 
two, being first off the bench is a real issue as well because they're going to score you like one or two goals per season. Yeah. And that's that's a problem for a person whose job it is to score goals. Yeah, see, the thing is, they were getting like two to three goals a season from Edouard Mateta and Benteke, and then they let Benteke go, so now they're back down to like <laughs> four to five goals. <laughs> they should bring back Benteke, re- reunite with, with good old Roy. <laughs> I mean, it can't hurt. It literally yeah. can't hurt. Just bring uh, the anyway. whole troop back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go, let's journey from, from South London to North London. Um, Arsenal 4, Crystal Palace, well, Crystal Palace 1. Um, mm-hmm. Palace, I, I will say, actually, to go back to Palace just for a second, they looked they looked beaten from the moment this game started. They, they, they knew that they had no chance in this game, and Arsenal dutifully slept, swept them aside. Um, I, I've been extremely confident that Arsenal are going to win the league for months now. Um, yeah. And it's these kind of games that, that really have made me that confident because I just have absolutely no doubt in these games where no. maybe you trip up in the past. They just, mm-hmm. they're completely fearless in in these games now. Yeah. You know, um, there was that early chance when Zaha went down the left, the shot, the arrow Ramdale saved and hit the post and then it deflected off him and went out. And a part of me was like, Oh wow. Like if that went in, it would have been a problem. Then actually I, sort of paused and went actually <laughs> no, palace palace has scored two goals in the first 15 minutes and i would i feel like we'd still win this game um like it's one of these times where there's so much like the consistency that has been in place and especially after the man city loss uh this i know we talk about these soft factors of will to win but like arsenal were just carving these guys up especially down the right like ben white this guy I mean, he's probably loving it that he doesn't have to play any more football with England for some re- reason. Southgate <laughs> yeah. has decided that he's 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 a devil and can never can never join the squad. But I don't know how you watch him and Saka combine down the right as they have with Arsenal, and not just say, "Wow, like I've got to keep these two people together um, at Arsenal and internationally." But hundred percent, yeah, there was there was definitely that feeling. That whatever happens in this game, Zaha scores, wonder goal from elite, whatever, Arsenal are gonna come back. And yeah, like it was and it wasn't like a an absolute slaughter, but the writing was on the wall from the moment the game started. Mm-hmm. To me it felt like I mean, this isn't a, a kind of new analogy, but it's like when you're when you're holding um like a younger sibling by the head. You know, they can't, they can't get anywhere near you they as much can't. as they try. Like, yeah. there was a moment where, um, was it, I think Eze came off and Elisa came on, or maybe the other way around, I forget. But as they crossed paths, mm. they they exchanged this look that was like, no, nah, this is, <laughs> this is, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as they come on for Elisa, just like, okay, like, just, just go out there, have a run around, yeah. try and, you know, try something fun, but let's just finish this game and get back to good old Roy. Um, but <laughs> you, but you yeah. mentioned the uh, Bakayo there for me at this point, he's player of the season. Like unless anything crazy mm-hmm. happens the last 10 games, he's player of the season. He's it's something that I, I was watching a video where of course, my United fan was talking about, oh, Rashford's better than Saka. Like you can't, 
you know, Rashford scored more goals. And I just, I just wonder whether pe- these guys watch football and see, like, there's something about Saka, maybe because he's not, he's not like a nanny type player who's like super flashy and jumping around. This guy just receives the ball, turns and goes past you. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. like, just consistently makes the right decision consistently. The goal he scores where he's so aware to run back onside so quickly and get behind Zaha. It's like these really fundamental, these easy things that someone would say, oh, that's like a kid could do that. Well, most professionals don't do that consistently. Yeah. And the fact that he he does that, oh, man. And then the fourth goal to just sort of calm the nerves a little bit. He is, yeah, he's proper world class. I'm a little bit annoyed that he's probably going to play at least 150 minutes for England in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, because, again, Southgate doesn't really care for Arsenal. But he is now, yeah, top top three players in the league consistently. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be finding a way to pull him out of the squad. I know some other England players have. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the, the best teams always do this. They just pull their, mm-hmm. pull their best players out. Of squads, I think Rashford's pulled out. Yeah, just, Rashford's just, out. You just Arlen's find a reason, out. man. You just find yeah. a reason. Um, Stop my toe. Yeah, exactly. Especially in like the COVID era, you can always just be like, yeah, he's got COVID. You know, <laughs> no one's going to go near him. <laughs> I would have loved that one. Just yeah, so our entire squad has COVID. So. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. We'll be ready in two weeks, though. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, Bukayo needs to isolate at uh, at London Colney. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think you touched upon something quite interesting, which is that he isn't flashy at all, really. He, he's not hes not the quickest. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, he's deceptively strong, but he's not, you know, the strongest. Um, he doesn't really bust out moves as such very much. Yeah. It's more just about his movement. And, mm-hmm. and as you say, the way that he receives the ball, the quickness and the intelligence of, of his play, like it, it's not kind of, it's less physical. It's more cerebral. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the thing I thought about was what does Bukayo Saka look like as a 34-year-old? And the the image that came to mind was, I remember when I was young, we used to have, we, I used to play football uh, in this place called Parklands Club in Nairobi. And there were these, you know, I, I thought of them as older gentlemen who were in their late 30s and 40s, which I guess that's what I am now to the kids. <laughs> And I remember the couple, these couple of guys who were just like they would just receive the ball and just hold us off like we were puppets, and just like turn around us like they weren't moving quickly, but just mm. turn around us slow, release the ball, boom. Just the fundamentals, but they're so strong that you just had no chance of getting the ball off them. And that's what I think of Bukayo Saka when he's you know thirty four playing for West Ham or whatever. Just like <laughs> oh no, <laughs> something's gone wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'd love him to stay at Arsenal forever. Even if he stays Arsenal until like his early third, like he'll eventually move on to some smaller club, sure. and just not not running fast, not doing anything crazy, but just nailing the fundamentals, being super strong, simple stuff, but still effective. And I love that. I love that this is the guy who's the face of Arsenal now. Is a kid who does the fundamentals right. And he is going to blow up, man. Like this guy, if he stays on this track, I'm talking like Alexis Sanchez, like 25 goals, 12 assists type seasons. 
are coming for him because that's just the trajectory he's on. Uh, and same thing goal-wise for Martinelli. Like, that first goal was, I mean, yeah. What, the quickness of shifting to his left. I mean, the keeper, I forget his name, Whit, Whitworth, I think. Yeah, the kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, little kid. So I think he, the couple of goals, I was like, ah, I feel like he could have probably done a little better there. But hey, you play, play the people in front of you. And Martinelli dispatched that really well. But yeah, I feel so good about having both of them in the team right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they've been remarkable all season. Um, and I think the encouraging thing is that, that this team is so young overall. Obviously, there are a couple of more senior players um, in key positions too. But mm-hmm. overall, the team is so young that, you know, I've I've always said that that when you support a team, the journey is is the fun bit. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. winning winning a cup, winning a league, whatever, it, it's fantastic. Feels great for for a couple hours, you know. Um, yeah. But but uh, I mean, it felt longer when when we were younger. I swear. Now it's just like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but but the journey is the enjoyable bit. And so, like, even if Arsenal were to to slip up and 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 lose the league, there would still be plenty of of joy in the progress that they made and the fact that you can see that this is going to be a thing that lasts a few years mm-hmm. um yeah uh, you know the there's lots of shouts on twitter all the time about oh this is going to be arsenal's one chance you know they you know they better win it because unless they do every, every team from newcastle to chelsea whatever is coming in and it's like i understand it's going to be potentially more competitive but yeah, you have to understand, like, look at this Arsenal team. The the youth, like, the youngest team in the league. Maybe Southampton now have an average age that's a tad younger, but, I mean, they're also in the relegation zone. Ramsdale's, like, 24. Ben White, um, Gabriel. Saliba. Uh, Saliba. Like, all these guys are kids at the back. Uh, Odegaard, still only 24. Yeah, and Zinchenko Sa- and Jesus are 25, I think. Yeah, like these, like I don't understand why people think this team is going to go. Like, are they going to all of a sudden become hopeless <laughs> over the course of the next year? But um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a cool ride to see where, where they go. Um, yeah, the, the stability that I think one area I'm interested to see progress at Arsenal is sort of the, the middle of the field. Like when when Partey plays, you can see the difference. And, you know, no matter what, he's just, for whatever reason, since he moved from Atleti, he's just not the guy who's fit for every game of the season. So some things will need to evolve, but it's going to be a great run-in. Like Man City are in solid form and um, Haaland's scoring a million goals a game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's going to be competitive all the way to the end. Yeah, I mean, they smashed Burnley 6-0 in the FA Cup. I thought it was rude to play Haaland against Burnley, to be honest. Just like, it was. Yeah. It was. Like, that was that was unfair. Like, just g- give the guy a break. Let him chill. Like, let other people's... Like, poor Albert, this guy wins the World Cup. Thinks he's going to come back and, like, you know, entrench himself more into this team. And, I mean, he's played here and there, but it's very clearly the Haaland show. Uh, some of those goals was, again, you know, all the cousin... Holding off little <laughs> yeah. cousin, just the the really the raw pace and power, um, manliness of Holland was was sort of tough <laughs> tough to watch. It's a joke. Burnley. Yeah, it's a joke. Like he actually doesn't. I don't really know how good he is at striking a ball 
or like I don't know whether his his actual football skills are particularly above average, but his physical skills or attributes are just so far beyond anyone else that yeah. he doesn't need to to need be him. that. Like yeah, you know what? To be fair to him, he's he's always there for the tap in. Like he scores a he ton is. of tap ins, and he's always in the right place. Maybe part of that is because he's so big that he can't not be in the right place. If you know what I mean, <laughs> but. But he, but he is really always hard. there. He works really hard to get to those spots. Like, you know, you watch the the second goal where um, I think that was the one where where he got the uh, the cross and and sort of had a tap in with his left foot. Like he worked really hard to get to that spot for the tap in, right? And I think that's something that's underrated is most people are not getting there. Like True. he has the work rate and the pace to get there, and then to have the composure because some folks will actually get there. And just, you know, Slash. they're gonna be they're gonna be a Sonogo. They're just gonna like, oh, sorry, I missed the ball. But he has the composure <laughs> to actually put the ball in the net. Um, but it was unfair. Like, it just, just you, you, you two. Was it they're two nil up at at the break? You, you've won the game. Uh, yeah. But I guess actually, Pep wanted to do the whole thing where he speaks really highly about a manager. And then slaps them, sort of like what he did with early Arteta. Just, yep. oh, he's, he's, he's amazing. I love him. You know, he's going to come back to Man City and, and, and be the man. But I was like, there you go, Vincent. I'm just going to teach you a little lesson. You can go back <laughs> to the championship and, and win it. But just remember that I'm still, I'm still the big papa. 100%. Also, did you see that company had to tell him to stop linking him to the city job? Yes. <laughs> he's like i wish he'd stop saying that shit <laughs> stop saying nice things about me stop stop doing these things i just want to have my own life uh, yeah but so he's done really you. well he has done it incredibly well i honestly from his time at Anderlecht, i didn't was Anderlecht, right mm-hmm, yeah yeah i i didn't see anything didn't there see. no that told me that this was going to be the the trajectory for him so yeah. i'm like i'm delighted he seems like a good dude um and we can always use more people playing good football and if you can get burnley doing it you can <laughs> probably get someone else doing it okay this is the most underrated thing like burnley in my mind are forever sean daichi stokey thugs yeah. right yeah and here comes this guy like i remember when um oh who's who's the guy they had signed the um, the winger from they got from Liga before they got relegated, uh, and he moved. What did he move? He moved to West Ham. What's his name? Oh, again? I always forget this guy's name. I know he. Oh, yeah. But the, once they got him, I was like, oh wow! Like Burnley is really turning a corner. But I was not prepped for them to hire this young coach and totally switch their identity to this like ball playing progressive team top of the championship yeah. that I mean, they're, they're not going another direction. Like unless he leaves, like this is Burnley now. And I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of those fans <laughs> that don't quite know what to do with themselves. In- 100%. <laughs> Especially the, the fucking idiots that did the white lives matter banner. They don't know what to do now. They're that, supporting someone no else. Idea. And you know, the most glorious thing that's going to happen is they're going to come up to the premier league company is going to want to play this expansive football. And they're going to go to places like Man City, Arsenal, and just get 
absolutely <laughs> toasted. And these fans are used to just showing up and just, you know, doing Cantona tackles on players. And now they're mm. going to be like, what What the heck do we do? Like, we're getting pumped 7-0 trying yeah. to play good football. Oh, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to be like, trust the process. Gonna have to trust the process. <laughs> Never trusted a process before. Um, but yeah, trust the tackle to trust the process. It's exactly. Uh, yeah. Maxwell Corne is is who we couldn't remember. Corne, yes, yeah. An- yeah. another one of those players that has got his big move to West Ham only for <laughs> only for West Ham to decide that this season. Instead of going for sixth, we're going to go for sixteenth. <laughs> uh, they are being linked with um, English slash French or Belgian management sensation Will Still. Really? Apparently, he's a West Ham fan, um, wow. and so there are, there are rumors. And I would love to see that. I think that would be great. Although the <sighs> only thing amazing. is, the best part about Will Still is watching this this very English guy speak French, and we won't get French. to see that. <laughs> Well, if they sign a whole bunch of French players, then they really will just just sign French players. Yeah, I'll send fair them two point oh. Yeah, yeah. Corne will have a much better time. Corne would be a lot better off. <laughs> oh my word! Yeah, um, they they they're really struggling. Like I actually didn't know that they are in the relegation zone. I thought they were sixteenth, but they're eighteenth. West Ham have a game in hand, or even a couple of games in hand on some people. But wow, yeah, yeah they're in a but bad the- spot. The joke is on them because a few weeks ago there were strong rumors that they were looking to replace Moyes and didn't find anyone that they thought was worthy of the job. Missed mm. out on Roy Hodgson. Missed. They, didn't think of it. they didn't think of it. Just a lack of creativity on there. If only. Yeah. You know, something I saw on Roy, just just a, a shout. I'm going to say wrap up on Roy because he'll probably come up again. <laughs> I saw a stat on, on Twitter that. 25% of managers now in the Premier League are ex Watford managers. And I always say, <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. How Hang is this on. possible? We, we've, got, we've got to try and do this, right? So, um, Arteta, no. Pep, no. Uh, Ten Hag, no. That would be funny. Conte, that would be hilarious. Um, Eddie Howe, has he ever managed Watford? N- not Eddie Howe, no. Klopp, no. Uh, deserve, <laughs> deserve, no. Um, no. I think they're going to be lower down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I should have started at the bottom, yeah. shouldn't I? Um, Ruben Sellers, no. Who manages no. Bournemouth? Some I don't even know the guy's name. Oh yeah, I forgot his name too. Yeah, but I don't uh, think he's on the list. Moyes, no. Brendan Rogers has. Brendan Rogers. Um, Cooper Forest, maybe. No, I don't think he has. Dyche has. Dyche has. Javi Grassi, yes. Yes. Lopetegui, no. Hodgson, yes. Hodgson, yes. Uh, Unai Emery. (laughs) (laughs) Emery's going to end up there eventually. Yeah, Yeah, he will. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, Marco Silva. Yeah. Rogers, Daesh, Marco Silva, Javi, Roy. Five managers, ex-Watford. Incredible. That's incredible. Um. Well, speaking of managerial appointments, it's time. It's time. It's time to get into the press conference from hell. <laughs> that was Antonio Conte's performance. The glorious after, press conference after Southampton three, Tottenham three. It was much better than most of Spurs' performances this year. 
it was far more entertaining than the football that he's been dishing up. Um, <sighs> just, just give me, I guess, give me your 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 first reaction when you saw this. So let let, let me rewind a little bit because I happen to I never tune into Spurs games because they are a bore. Mm. But I was a little bored. I was feeling a little down on myself. And I decided, okay, let's just turn on the game. And I caught the last 20 minutes of that match. Right when good old Theo decided that he's going to score a goal for the first time in forever. Yep. And then good old Maitland-Niles, the dive <laughs> of his life. <laughs> secure I still a can't believe that was given <laughs> after being checked by VAR. And I was so happy after I went in. And then I heard some little, you know, when you start to see some quotes coming on Twitter mm. and you're like, oh, Conte is actually like, you know, putting up a fuss about things. Then you hear what this dude actually says, both his, you know, the immediate post-match and then the full-on presser. And I just thought, man, I think he's actually... This this felt a little different than his previous ones. Like, I think he actually just looked at these players and just said, you are the biggest waste men that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, my impression of this is he just, it hit his soul that I have players who just don't care at all about winning. And I'm so obsessed with winning that it took me a while to understand that they don't actually care about winning. Like then they're not going to. So I think he just, the, the penny dropped for him and he couldn't, he couldn't hold it in anymore. Like it felt different than other Conte rants. It just felt like, yeah. Man, like, and, not, and that is, that's an important point because it's important to say that he has basically done this everywhere oh, to some extent. Time. Like he did the same speech at Chelsea Mm-hmm. even though they spent tons of money for him. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, he, he almost word for word at Chelsea about like winning mentality and losers and yeah. I have the ambition and the club knows what I think and blah, 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 <laughs> like almost word for word. And then he did it at Inter when they sold um, Hakimi and Lukaku. And he did it at Juve and famously said like, you can't, what was it? It was, it was like, you can't go to a hundred euro restaurant with 10 euros in your pocket and he was referring to like Juve wouldn't buy him the players that would allow him to advance in the Champions League and yeah. then the very next season Allegri got to the final <laughs> so like he does this everywhere so we knew something like it's this was coming but, but the extent the extent of what he said was was remarkable um but like the you you said the penny dropped and what I would say to that is a penny dropped like his version of reality kind of became concrete to him, but it's absolutely not the version of reality, right? Because like he he basically said like the players are shit, and yeah, you're right. He said that they don't care enough about winning, but he said it all from this detached point of view where like he had nothing to contribute to yeah. this, this entire situation. I'm not involved in any way. No, like it. The club's done this and the players have done that and it's got nothing to do with me or my tactics or lack of rotation or, you know, and that, that's the other thing. He, he, he says, he, he lashes out at the players, but he never changes them. So like, 
You said Eric Dyer could be one of the best central defenders in the world. He plays literally every week in the most <laughs> pretty shit. And, and now you're having a go. Like, Hoiberg, you run into the ground. Kane and Son never leave the pitch, even if they're playing terrible. Like, you never change the team. So if, you don't anything. Like, so if you don't like the players, like, why don't you ever do anything yeah, about here's, it? Here's this Dan Juma fellow. We could use him. No, no, never. <laughs> Won't touch him. Oh, this young Jed Spence guy when my right back, Emerson Royal, is like playing like filth at the beginning of the season. Nope. Can't I mean, touch li- him. Literally out him. of spite. Quite, like literally out of spite, like Spence is doing well at Ren, and Danjuma is like a very good footballer, and he's just like, nah, not for me. But it it killed me. Like I'm just looking up the quotes here when he said, "They don't want to play under pressure. They don't mm. want to play under stress. It is easy in this way. Tottenham's story is this: twenty years there is the owner, and they never want something. But why?" <laughs> 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 it is remarkable. It really is that remarkable. Killed me. That and killed like, me. The reaction to it has been has been hilarious because you've got like, you know, th- there have some, been some reasonable takes which have been like some of what he said was right, but also this was a mental rant of a mm. lunatic protecting his own image. And then some people have just gone with it completely, like uh, the, you know, the journalist at the Sun and, and the Mirror and so they're like, yeah, he's just saying what. What needs to be said? <laughs> we'll be and he's hang on about everything. It's just like, okay, yeah. He's the manager of the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like the culture is shit. That's literally your that's, job. That's literally what you've been employed for. The players don't have a passion. They don't want to win. That is literally why you are there to help them understand. This is what it takes to get to the spot where you can win things. Yeah, but he's like, I've told them how much I care about winning. I don't understand how that's not enough. <laughs> it's it's very uh, not. I'm gonna throw shade at someone I love. It's very Thierry Henry. Like, hey, mm. you know what? You don't understand this. Like, just just do it. Just do. You look at the video. <laughs> look at me doing it. Just do the same thing. Go out yeah. there and win. But they're yeah. like, oh, uh, don't know how to do it. Sorry, man. But yeah, the, there is such a strange. I, I love re- referencing some of the quotes from the beginning of the season. There's this long thread from the Athletic, essentially contrasting Arsenal and Spurs at the start of the season, mm. and essentially the whole the whole vibe behind these responses from Athletic uh, writers is Conte is such a serial winner. It's going to have this wild influence on Spurs. They're going to get to a place where it's like you know he's going to have. He's gonna get them to a spot that they've never been before, and and man, like, no, like it's it's. <laughs> Spurs have been no, in this spot before. They've hired people like Jose. They've they've thought, oh, like this is gonna be the sort of the the golden manager for us, and it just implodes. But I don't know. I don't know what they do. Like, because Conte's done. Mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. I mean, as much as he he has these rants and comes back, he's not gonna sign. He's not gonna sign a new contract. Like he can no. He can go somewhere else, right? So, what do genuinely? What do they do? Um, because they're not going to win. But it. But strangely enough, like someone, I don't know who made this point. It's like, you know, Spurs, honestly, are this mid-table team from the nineties that are now this fixture in the in the big six. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible job by um, 
by their by their board. And yeah. like in terms of like as a football club, they have yeah. more revenue than Arsenal now. Like they've done incredibly well. But it's a yeah. very strange thing. Like footballing wise, I don't know what direction they're going to go. Because this this Jose Conte experimentation is yeah, it's died a it's died, died a quick death. No, I, th- I think that's a really good point. Like off the pitch, they're they're brilliant at all of that. You know, yeah. they've got the the go kart track now, and Beyonce is playing there six <laughs> nights a week. Like all, all of the things that you have to do if you don't have oil money, you've got to maximize yeah, every gotta... other thing. Right? And they so are maximizing uh, to, yeah to the max. Yes, it. But but the on the pitch decisions have been have been pretty bad. Like if you look at the managerial appointment record, it's like pretty bad and every once in a while they'll stumble across the right guy and Pochettino mm-hmm. is obviously the best example of that right mm-hmm. that was the thing that really got them got them over the line um yeah. and so i think like if i was if i was daniel levy 100% i'm hiring Mauricio Pochettino yeah he's he's available i i don't think look it's never going to be the same as it was last time it's a completely different world in a football sense, totally completely different. different squad, very different yeah. environment, yada, yada, yada. But you can't go wrong from the fans' perspective. They're pissed off at him, right? Because mm. the decisions aren't great. You can't go wrong from the fans' perspective appointing this guy. And if you don't, you're going to have to do it at some point, right? Because this <laughs> the whole like romance, unfinished business, like it's going to happen at some point. So yeah. you might as well do it now. If it works, great. If it doesn't, at least everyone's got it out of their system. Yeah, I, I can definitely understand that that thought process. I think the big risk, the big risk for Poch is he's coming into a team at you know, he already called the end of their cycle when he was there. Mm-hmm. Now they're like <laughs> they're running on fumes of fumes of the end of their cycle. Like establishing a core like they had in 2015 2016 like you also need the you need the luck of the draw you need the mm. hurricane bukayo saka plus like you know a few other pieces around them that they had right like and they like I, I remember i was so afraid the one player in spurs that i just never wanted in the lineup was dembele like, that guy was a beast. That guy, like, he was injured a lot, but man, when that guy played, I just knew we were not going to win. And you had, like, some of these pieces around, like, people forget about when, like, when Yama was, like, a decent player for them. Like, he was, mm-hmm. you know, um, he represented for them. Like, all these pieces that worked around the young talent they had. And I, it's such a big risk for Poch because... Harry Kane is good, but he's not getting better. Um, and the rest of them, like Son is good, he's not getting better. Mm-hmm. Like who is going to be that next star that they... Are they so coalesce around? And so I, th- I think Poch actually doesn't come back because I think he sees the mess from Conte. He sees the mess from Jose. And while he loves Spurs... I think is wise enough to be, be like, hey, mm. there's not like, am I going, am I going back to Champions League final with this team? That's not happening. I, I was, is he going to invest as much as, 
Am I gonna trust trust Baratici to build me a squad over the next? I mean, he'll seasons? be in jail. So he's gonna be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna, he can't build a squad from Italian prison. <laughs> so. To be fair, as long as he's got Wi-Fi, it doesn't really make that much difference. Does it? <laughs> I guess so. if but like yeah, you can I, do it on the grill, you can do it from prison. <laughs> exactly. No, I take your point. It's it's definitely a risk. It's a risk on on for both sides. Um, but I don't know. I think there are enough good players there. Like the that old core is, is you're right, it's in decline, um, or it's gone. Like Larice will be gone, and Dio should be in a glue house, and you know they, they need to move on from from some guys. But I think Paratici has done some pretty good work with like Romero and Bentancourt and Kulusevski, and, oh, sure. and mm-hmm. Richarlison hasn't worked out at all this season. But under a, an actual coach, he should be all right. He should. So I think there are enough pieces there that that a decent progressive manager could could move this squad on and do something useful with it but yeah I don't, I don't know like if it's not him I mean they could go Tuchel that would be terrible that would just be repeating the same mistake yeah yeah. They I could. feel like they've got to they've got to go really long with a coach like they've got to try yeah. build from scratch again because you can't you can't compete with Newcastle City even Liverpool Man, Man United money Arsenal are good again so you've got legitimately six other good teams. Um, actually, I even mentioned Chelsea. If Chelsea come good, um, mm-hmm. that's a lot of teams to try and fight fight with. It's a Oof, lot. That's, yeah. You've really got to get stuff right. Um, but hey, maybe we're going to see Tottenham in 12th, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Could be anything. Literally unpredictable. <laughs> um, Chelsea, speaking of, 2-2 with Everton. Um just fairly briefly, do you think this the Potter experiment's going to work out? No. No. He... I watch Chelsea and I, I still don't know what, what that team is. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that they have a bunch of good players. But I think this is a case of really good manager at a side that are somewhere between the seventh and 10th best in the league and the dynamics of managing really big players at a team that wants to be the best in the world. I just, I'm just not convinced that Graham Potter is the, is the person. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's... he should change his name. I think that's, that's honestly half the problem. <laughs> <laughs> just something with a bit more gravitas, you know? Yeah, and like he's a he's a really good coach. This is yeah. this yeah. is what boggles my mind. He is an outstanding coach. Like watching that Brighton team the last few years with the talent they have and how much they could squeeze out of that talent. I was like, man, this this guy is really smart. He can really motivate players, get them to actually apply the things he's saying. But at Chelsea, it has just fallen so flat. And I guess unless he sort of... Ah, yeah, and Unless there's a bunch that they can see behind the scenes that is like, oh, there's such a, such a big switch mm. in philosophy that we know it's going to take these players like a year to get used to it and we're okay with that. I, I can't see him continuing to play the way they play and they get the results that they get, like, and still be here past, you know, a quarter way through next season. I, 
I know that the ownership yeah. group is 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 sort of being you know being a lot a lot more patient with him, but I I, I can't see it. Yeah, they, I mean they they cl- they have clearly settled for finishing mid table this season, because yeah. if, they, if they weren't going to be okay with that, they would have sacked him already. That's so, true. So I think he gets at least the beginning of next season, and then if things aren't considerably better, then I think he's probably gone by like October or something. But um, you spoke about about his time at Brighton. I just want to touch very quickly on Deserby because honestly, I don't think there's anyone I've been more impressed with this season oh. than Roberto Deserby how quickly he's implemented an unbelievable style of play and the performances he's getting out of some of these guys, like obviously Mitoma's the, the very obvious one. Mm-hmm. What what a play. Like so yeah. fun to watch. And then Great. this Evan Ferguson kid just comes out of no well, Ireland. No. I was gonna say no yeah. but you know. Um <laughs> and he honestly he's eighteen. The guy looks like an Ebro or something. Like it's a joke. Dude, he looks 26, but like his composure, <laughs> his technique. But yeah, Deserby, I mean, Sunes famously talking about him like, you know, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't breathe with his lungs. Like he just, you know, the, the minute he stepped into the UK, he wouldn't be able to have bodily function because this is the UK. <laughs> things are different here. Yeah. And he has walked in and taken that team from a really good foundation where, you know, Potter had instilled, just given these these players an acumen that is, yeah, that's different, that's that's classy. And Dezobi has just taken that to the next step. And I really hope he stays at Brighton. I really hope mm. that he doesn't get pinched by, you know, say like a Spurs or some big team in Italy, like say, a, you know, an Inter Milan come, come calling or whoever. Because I think if he stays here, and he gets to grow with this squad. Like, I actually even want the Caicedos of this world, the Fergusons, the Matomas. Yeah. Like, give them a full season together. Agreed. Because next season, even adding in a, a bit more depth, they're they're gonna be so good to watch. Like, they are the they are the opposite of Wolves. Like, when I see Wolves playing, I'm like, no, I'm not yeah. gonna watch this game. Whenever yeah. Brighton's on, I'm like. No matter what this, no matter what the result, this is going to be really interesting to to see. So, yeah, he's he's done well. I just hope he gets the whole of next season to to sort of get further on with with the squad. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's true. Like every time they come on, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot he turned Chris, um, Pascal Gross into a fullback, just like <laughs> out of absolutely nowhere. It's like you it's know how well. you were a number ten. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Like, no, <laughs> we need a right back. So, yeah. And it worked. Ridiculous. Um, FA Cup, Manchester United 3, Fulham 1. Not super interested in the game. More interested in Mitrovic pushing a referee and potentially getting banned for the rest of his life or something. Oh, this was so crazy. Fulham Fulham are playing so well. Like, yeah. they, they... It was not one of those spammy, oh, like, we just scored a goal at Old Trafford and we're going to hang on for it. Like, they were playing genuinely well and i'm struggling to think of a meltdown the equivalent equivalent what we saw in like three minutes there like to get Mm -hmm. your manager and two players sent off in the space (laughs) actually i guess the standings off were in the space of a minute like i'm struggling to think of a meltdown that big it was incredible it was like I mean, yeah. well, you have kids. It was like, I don't know, I saw my niece do this recently. It's like, everything's fine. 
<laughs> and then something just so I don't know, like the the sandwich has got too much crust on it, just something, and then it, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, like I I did understand. I mean, I guess it's in the moment. So William, you know, handles the ball. I'm like, have you not watched Burnt Leno try to save penalties? Like, <laughs> you're conceding. Like, just let the ball go in. Like, <laughs> stay on the pitch and and you if eleven versus eleven the likelihood of you winning this game is still really high, right? Um, but I don't know what Marcus actually said. I can't imagine what would possess him to having lost a player and and having that penalty. He said, I'm, I'm just going to go wild enough that this is going to be an automatic red card. Like, not even yeah. like a yet, just like automatic, you're done. And then, I don't know, Mitrovic... <laughs> Having I mean, witnessed that, I don't will be have no Mitra. words. Have no, no words. Oh, no. but that was a very entertaining minute, and um, <laughs> and then you knew you knew where the game was going. It was it was done. Yeah, United put them away from there. Um, how how do you feel about um United? Just to wrap up, do you do you think they are actually good? Do you think they will be good next season once you know Veghorst isn't playing number ten and like, there are m- more useful players mm. around? Because I, I, I'm confu- I'm a bit confused by them, like yeah. in, in the sense that they're obviously much better than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserve to be third in the table. They score goals, but they're super reliant on Rashford, and like the football's not great. No, no. Like I think Ten Hag has done a really good job in just making them a solid, dependable team. It's like where. I was going to say we're not a team that's going to get thrashed, but mm-hmm. they did lose seven now. <laughs> but generally, right, yeah. they're not going to be a team that goes out there and gets dominated, right? Like they're going to work hard. They have structure. So I think they're like an okay team. I think the, you know, the thing that stands out for me is that goal difference. They have a plus six goal difference that generally is not, when you look at that, you're like, hmm. you sort of, for a team that has 50 points, so quite a bit of like marginal games there that went their way. Brilliance yeah. of Rashford, brilliance of of Bruno in in a you know in a moment, and I mean I think that's what they in a different way it's what they relied upon in the Oli in the Oli reign, but I do think Ten Hag, once he has better personnel, will develop them into a better team. Uh, yeah. Are they going to win win the league? I don't know. I think next season is going to be. There's going to be more people in the mix, but I think I think they're they're like a solid team. I think Ten Hag has done a really good job. He's done better than I thought he was going to do. Let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah, um, for sure. So I mean, he's got them to he's won a trophy already. He's got them to really far in cup tournaments, and he's got them playing solid if unspectacular football. I mean, they've only lost six games. It's um, not bad. Pretty, yeah, only I think Arsenal. Arsenal, City, Newcastle, I think, of are the ones who have lost fewer games than them. That's that's it, right? Yeah. So solid, but we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be more everything's gonna be up next season when they pay a hundred million for a fifty million dollar player. Um mm-hmm. and then they have Anthony still doing his dances and trying to figure out how to like function as a team to get to the next level. Uh, so, I mean, my hope is that they're not great, but mm-hmm. 
uh, Ten Hag is a pretty bullish guy. Like he, he seems like he'll, he'll be okay. What, what do you think? Where do you think they end up next year? Uh, yeah, I, t- I think, I think. Um, oh, and and to the point about Ten Hag, there's someone who actually did something about the culture. Like the yeah. culture at United was toxic. He came in, he, you know, he cleaned up. Yeah. Um, which is what you have to do. Um, yeah, it, it's really tough to know, frankly, mostly because who knows. Will Liverpool be much better next season? Hard to imagine them being much worse than they were this season. Chelsea, you would think, would be better. And if they're mm-hmm. not immediately better, they'll change the manager and then they might be after that. Um, as we've said, who the hell knows what Spurs are going to be. City and Arsenal are going to be the best two teams again next season, barring some sort of yeah serious incident. Um, so, yeah, like they should retain third. They'll spend a ton of money in the summer. We know this. Mm-hmm. On who, yeah, I couldn't tell do. you. But yeah, like presumably they'll spend three months trying to get Frankie again and then also buy a striker. They'll probably try and get Kane. I don't know if that's actually feasible, but we'll see. Um, so they'll spend that a ton of money. Yeah, it would be. It absolutely would be. If you think about the situations Veghorst just found himself in with the ball <laughs> and then you put Kane there instead, my God. Um, yeah, they'd go from plus six to at least plus 20. <laughs> exactly. Um, so... Yeah, I think they should be about third again, but really it's it's very difficult to know. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, one one more thing on the FA Cup. I caught the extended highlights of Sheffield United versus Blackburn Rovers, and I wish I watched that game live. Like, that seemed like the most fun game yep. of the weekend. Like, proper top-tier championship-level mayhem with... <laughs> incredible atmosphere and and an injury time goal to win it like and what a hit and what a hit like Sheffield United dominated the beginning Blackburn came back and looked like they're gonna win it um and then McBurney finally scored a goal after wasting a bunch of chances as usual (laughs) and then the hit from from Doyle was that was a fun that was such a fun game that I really wish I watched it live. But it, it yeah. was fantastic. I yeah, I was gonna say proper Barclays, but you can't even because it's you can't even proper Skybet. Yeah, proper Skybet stuff. Um, Sheffield Sheffield United's prize for winning that game is playing Manchester City, um, and they have to, they can't play Doyle because that's where he's on loan from. <sighs> Uh, which is a shit rule, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that should change. Like, yeah, I mean, especially for these teams that are in the championship or lower in the Premier League, and it's like you know, this what's what's the player going to do? Like, it's one yeah. one player on the field, but yeah, that's um, I, I wonder if Haaland scores six or seven against them. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the other semi-final is United against Brighton. That should be wicked. Like, really yeah. looking forward to that. Um, That'll be a good test. I really hope. I mean, obviously, if if you could offer, if you offered me Sheffield United winning the FA Cup, I'd say that one. But other yeah. other than that, I really hope Brighton somehow find a way to do this. That would be incredible. Yeah, Deserby would just um, make sure that his post-match. Um, interview is with Graham Souness and <laughs> everyone wins. Everyone wins. Exactly. I think we will like it and I think we deserve. We deserve. Exactly. 
good spot to end it. Thank you so much, Roy. Always a pleasure. And yeah, uh, we'll do this again soon. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Cheers.